Support for Market Foolery comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Home plays a big role in your life. That's why Quicken Loans created Rocket Mortgage. It lets you apply simply and understand the entire mortgage process fully so you can be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com. It's Tuesday, July 25th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today from Rule Breakers and Supernova, David Kretzman. Thanks for being here. Good day, Chris. It is a good day, and it is one of those days where if this was an hour long show, we would have no trouble filling the time with all of the earnings news, particularly. I mean, there's more companies reporting earnings this week in the in the S&P 500 than any other week. It's this a packed week. week. It is packed, and we're not going to get to all of them. Um, we are going to get to Alphabet. We are going to get to Domino's. We're going to start though with McDonald's, which is hitting a new all-time high on their second quarter results. And anytime you're looking at restaurants, same-store sales is, if not the most important metric, it's certainly in the top, say, three or so. Global same-store sales for McDonald's up six and a half percent. That's insane. Not what many people this would have expected. Mc, this is McDonald's. <laughs> what are they, anyone, They're supposed to be dead in the water, right? Well, not necessarily dead in the water, but I mean, in the same way that people look at, you know, the return on bonds and that kind of thing. It's like one percent to it. That's that's sort of how I've thought about McDonald's global comps for so long. Yeah, they'll be up one or two percent. That sort of thing. Any restaurant. Any restaurant would love to have this. Oh yeah, I mean we're in the so-called restaurant recession right now. We've had a couple years of declining restaurant traffic, at least here in the U.S. And McDonald's has—they've done a lot to revamp those sales. Obviously, they came out with all-day breakfast back in the fall of 2015. That's helped attract some people back into the stores. They're doing some more to revamp their core menu. Uh, they're transitioning from frozen beef to fresh beef in some of their sandwiches. So, doing a lot of different things. Then, on a, on the operational front, they're also transitioning more and more to the franchise model. Right now, about 80% or so of their total restaurants are franchised, and they're looking to get that to 90% by the end of 2018. And then, they're also they're not only just doing that transition to franchising overall, they're also trying to get the weaker franchises to sell to the stronger <laughs> franchise operators. Say, okay, let's consolidate to our best operators. And uh, I mean, so far that that seems to be going really, really well for them. Just refocusing on what matters, and man, it's it's paying off. This is a company that's still producing free cash flow of over four billion dollars. The dividend has been rising steadily since the Great Recession, so it's over a two percent yield. And on top of that. The stock has doubled over the past six years or so. So shareholders who have been patient and kind of stuck with the company, even though there were a few slow years there since the recession, those patient shareholders are being rewarded today. We talked recently on Motley Fool Money about Microsoft and the performance of that stock since Satya Nadella became CEO. Steve Easterbrook became CEO of McDonald's in the spring of 2015, and since then, so just a little over two years. The stock's up sixty percent, and that was absolutely a situation where you could you could say he had a little bit of an easy act to follow with Don Thompson not doing a great job, and not only did he not do a great job, and the stock didn't do well, but you also heard a lot of grumbling from the franchisees, and it really seems like Easterbrook, right out of the gate, made a lot of overtures to the franchisees, wanted to understand what they were 
what their pain points were, how he could help, all that sort of thing. I don't think anyone expected this. Uh, you know, no. even even when you consider even the most optimistic bull when it came to all day breakfast, I don't think they were expecting this. Sixty percent in a couple of years for a company that's already the size of McDonald's. Like you're you're not expecting this level of same store sales growth. So yeah, I'd say Easterbrook. That's an A plus so far. I mean, and it's th- those results are even more impressive when you consider how restaurants across the board are struggling right now. Like, if restaurants were in a great time altogether, then these results are good, but maybe not great. But these results are phenomenal considering the restaurant environment. Delivery is. Do you have any insight into where they are with delivery? I think they're they're partnering with Uber Eats, and it. The sense I get is they're in the earliest stages of delivery, which. When you think about Panera and what Panera has done, not just with the 2.0 concept in some of their locations, but also with delivery. The idea that McDonald's could put up even better numbers if they get delivery right is, I I don't know. (laughs) I'm dumbfounded, clearly. Yeah, I mean, that could be another growth driver. I didn't see, they didn't mention anything in the press release for this quarter. I haven't had a chance to look at the conference call yet, but something that they are rolling out with their franchisees, they actually have They've reached an agreement with the majority of their franchisees that McDonald's, the company, will put up 55% of the cost of certain restaurant upgrades if the franchisees agree to fund an advertising campaign for a national value menu. And so, as I said, the majority of the franchisees approve that arrangement with the company. And those innovations include new dessert counters and self order kiosks. So they are looking for different ways to improve that ordering process. Uh, those in store. Kiosks, you're seeing more restaurants do that, including Panera. And delivery might might be something we keep hearing about more in the next couple of years. Who knows? All right, let's move over to Alphabet. Second quarter revenue grew 21%, also an astonishing number when you consider just how big Alphabet is and how much money that company makes. But shares down a little bit today. Some of the key metrics are just going in the wrong direction, and top of that list is cost per click. Yeah, cost per click is down 26%, and that is sort of made up uh, with the volume of clicks. So, paid clicks overall are up 52%. So, you're seeing the number of clicks going up, but the cost per click is going down. So, you are seeing some pressure on margins there, but that has been an ongoing trend. So, that isn't necessarily anything new. Uh, when you look at just the Google segment, that's the core advertising segment for the company, makes up about 90% of total revenue. That segment's revenue is up 21%, but the traffic acquisition cost, or essentially the cost to get that revenue, grew 28%. So, you're seeing that pressure on margins, but like I said, I don't, I don't think this is anything necessarily new to worry about. If this becomes an ongoing trend where you're seeing the costs rise and revenue continue to decelerate, then then that might be something you need to take a step back and look at. But at, at this point, for one quarter's results, I think there's still a lot to like with this company. I still have Alphabet at the top of my list for the company to hit the trillion dollar mark first. Because just looking at, I think a lot of people look at maybe Apple, Amazon, and Alphabet is probably the strongest three contenders. They're certainly the top five cont- contenders to hit that trillion dollar mark but i look at alphabet and they're growing their their top line at about the same pace as amazon around 22% and that's been pretty consistent over the past 5 years the companies are neck and neck in terms of uh, revenue growth but in terms of valuation alphabet's valuation is a lot more reasonable they're producing twice the operating cash flow and free cash flow of amazon so this is still an incredibly powerful business and you obviously have some regulatory headwinds with the 
the EU's decision to stick Google with a $2.7 billion fine, which the company has plenty of cash, over $90 billion in net cash. Right. So, they, they can afford that, but there, there is that regulatory risk, I think, with, with Alphabet, and potentially, I, I think, increasingly, uh, with Amazon as well, so that'll be that'll be something to watch. So the the EU fine that they paid the two point seven billion. Am I correct that all of that was accounted for in this quarter? Yeah. So if you just look, you know, take an apples to apples comparison from this quarter and last quarter, like it'll show their net income and operating income basically getting sliced a good amount and dropping. So hopefully that's a one time event. It should be a one time event. Uh, so when you back that out, it's still a very uh, solid quarter, you know, in terms of free cash flow, you know, uh, earnings, things are still by and large great for the company. And one area that I see a lot of promise, uh, continue to see a lot of promises with YouTube, which is now at one and a half billion monthly viewers and people spend an average of 60 minutes a day on their phones and tablets watching content on YouTube. And the fa- they mentioned that the fastest growing place to watch the YouTube content is actually in the living room on a TV through a streaming device like Roku. So, people are increasingly engaging with YouTube. So, I think that property alone is incredibly valuable. Then you have Google Photos, Google Maps. You have these properties that I think they've just done an incredible job from a user experience perspective, and you're seeing that engagement continue to increase across the board. And one item that has been resurrected, Google Glass, making a comeback for businesses, essentially. The enterprise, yeah. I think it was a Wired article from a week or two ago where, yeah, there's like a manufacturing facility in Minnesota where the workers are using this that can help them with measurements and dimensions of whatever they're working on. It's a quick way to kind of pull pull up that info. So, yeah, there's certainly still a future for augmented reality. I think Google was, you know, several years early on the consumer side, but uh, it, it's there, there's still potential there. And then they're also working on something called Google Lens, which I think over the next few years, this could become a huge driver for the company. I think we'll hear more and more about it. It's essentially an augmented reality photo search. So imagine like you have your phone, you hold it up to a flower and it'll tell you what kind of flower that is. Or you hold it up to a restaurant and it'll immediately on the screen pull up the the reviews, something like that. So it's essentially using the camera as a search device and as that filter. So they have this Google Lens product where they're they're testing it and they're they're still very uh, early as far as that product development goes, but I think that's something we'll we'll see more and more of in the next few years. Going back to YouTube for a second, uh, I would happily send the people at Groupon twenty bucks. I'd kick in twenty bucks if they would just stop running their YouTube ads, which is just got like this annoying sing-song thing about. <laughs> it, they're, they're really the worst. I was thinking oh, about this. I've heard that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, you know not, the one. Not good. Anyone who's been on YouTube and has encountered a pre-roll Groupon ad knows exactly what I'm talking about. And I, I, I was thinking about this this morning. But you, you remembered it, so maybe it worked. I remembered it, but I've, but I've also taken time to um, figure <laughs> out the. Uh, the name of the ad firm and email them and basically be like, please stop. Just, wow. Just please stop. Good for you. Uh, but it, I was thinking that if you're doing the spectrum of video advertisements, whether it's YouTube or just what we think of in terms of traditional television advertising, at one end of the spectrum, I think you've got Nike. Whoever does Nike's commercials, that to me is the gold standard. They're just they they're phenomenal. 
And at the other end of the spectrum is Groupon. So instead <laughs> yeah, of like that's the spectrum. It's, there. Yeah, instead of a scale of one to ten, it's like from a scale. How good is this ad on a scale of Groupon to Nike? How good is this ad? Well, I mean, with the the Nike ads or some of those old Apple ads, like you'll actually search for them on YouTube yes. to watch them. Like that's that's the the gold standard. And what's interesting about that is that YouTube. No longer runs thirty second ads like they found like okay those ads do not perform well no one wants to sit for a thirty second ad before watching a two minute video on YouTube, but they they are seeing more and more success with they're calling it six second bumper ads so it's just a quick hitting ad right before the video there, more brands are testing that out so I think as they test out more ad formats like that you will see the the value or the cost per click for YouTube can go up. I think there's a lot of value in that platform because when you have such an engaged audience, you can test different formats for those ads. I think those ad spaces will become more valuable over time. But you know, you'll have to you know, go through some quarters like this where you know they're still figuring it out. But the platform itself is growing, and I think for patient shareholders, that's what counts. All right. Before we get to our next story, I want to say thanks to our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Chances are you're confident when it comes to your work, your hobbies, and your life. I bet those ad people at Groupon were really confident about the ads that they created. Little did they know they'd created a monster that people hate. Rocket Mortgage gives you that same level of confidence when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. Rocket Mortgage is simple. It allows you to fully understand all the details and be confident that you're getting the right mortgage for you, which is what you want when you're about to write the biggest check you're ever going to write in your life. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com slash fool, equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, NMLS, consumeraccess.org, number 3030. Domino's Pizza getting hit despite the fact that second quarter same store sales in the United States were up more than 11%. Those are phenomenal numbers. Uh, but unlike McDonald's, where we saw this great number globally, big disparity with Domino's Pizza, where looking great in the US and internationally, significantly lower. Yeah, international comps were up. 2.6%, which isn't bad. And that's actually 94 straight quarters of positive comps internationally. So I don't know. There's a lot to worry about here, Chris. I didn't, Domino's might, I don't know if they've really cracked the code yet internationally. We'll have to, to watch closely. But it, it seemed like the, the slowdown from what management mentioned was generally driven by Europe and especially the UK. They just mentioned that there's weaker consumer confidence. They weren't using that as an excuse. They said, look, we need to we need to do better. We need to find uh, ways to reach customers where they're at. And so I, th- this isn't something I would be overly concerned about, but management has stated that their long-term goal over the next 3 to 5 years is to grow international comps between 3 and 6%. So when you miss that hurdle pretty soon after mentioning those uh, long-term projections, I think it's understandable for the market to uh, be a little skeptical, especially when you know the valuation is lofty. The the stock is still trading around 40 times trailing earnings, so the expectations were high. I think Domino's is still clearly the the best of class in the restaurant space. So I, I would treat this more as an opportunity to to potentially start a position if you don't already have one, or maybe look to to add add a little bit to your position if you have that long term time horizon. But when you have such a lofty valuation multiple, it's hard to to you know, put out perfect results each quarter, which is really what it requires. But looking longer term, I think Domino's is still in a great position to snap up market share. They're the clear innovator when it comes to online ordering, digital ordering, delivery, all of that stuff. And the the leadership under Patrick Doyle has just been incredible over the past um, several years. So I think there's still a lot to like here. 
Earnings per share grew 35% this quarter. Domestic same-store sales up almost 10% for the quarter, which is just unheard of in this restaurant environment. So, yeah, the the international comps will be something to watch. But 23 and a half straight years yeah. of positive global comps. I think Domino's has cracked that code. I think they know what they're doing. They can probably turn that around pretty quickly. I was, yeah, I was probably being a little tough on them. But the but the I think that's, I mean, that is the noteworthy. Number comparison when you look at this quarter is the the U.S. same store sales are so great, and to see them sort of drop off to that degree, that's I think that's why it's noteworthy. But as you said, this is a stock even with the drop today, it's down about eight percent this morning. Even with that drop, it's still up thirty three percent over the past year. And you mentioned Patrick Doyle, another great example of a CEO who, when he takes over, comes in and really shines a light on. The challenges that the company is facing, and in the case of Domino's, Patrick Doyle was was the one who really pushed the idea. You know what? You know what people say about our pizza? It's not very good. So how about we focus on making the pizza better? And not only did they do that, but they did the whole ad campaign around that. And not only is the pizza better, you know, it's not. Is it the best pizza in the world? No, but it doesn't have to be. Uh, they made it better, and they. Made sure that they communicated to people. You know what? We hear what you've been saying, and we're trying to make it better. And yeah, a lot of things going well for Domino's, and another thing that they've really perfected, I think, is just that that digital ordering system. I was going to say the mobile. A, yeah, it's such a, a sticky process for the consumers. Once you have that app downloaded, or you have your account created with Domino's, it, it's easy just to go back and repeat that order. You know, every week or every month or whatever the case may be. So you're seeing. More and more of those orders continue over time with repeat customers, and they've also done something with the the. I think by this point they've finished it up, or they're close to finishing up a whole reimaging process of their stores. And Domino's is another company that they're actually almost entirely a franchise operator, but most of their franchisees in the U.S. have completed a reimaging of their stores. Where if you walk into a Domino's. Today, uh, it actually looks a little bit more like a fast casual restaurant where you can see the pizza being made, you can see the ingredients, and it's just a, a better customer experience. And obviously, still the majority of their business is takeout and delivery. But when you do walk into those stores, it's a better experience. So they've noticed uh, a sales lift from the stores once they transition to that uh, reimaging. And I think the market also might be, you know, it is something to think about as investors, like if. We eventually do see a deceleration in domestic same store sales, which will happen at some point, even though the past couple of years have just been incredible for Domino's, which is really impressive considering the restaurant environment. Uh, right now, the expectations are still very high for the company. So, when you see that deceleration in same store sales, uh, it wouldn't be a surprise to see the stock get hit. And, you know, we, we know it can happen internationally. The same quarter last year, international same store sales were up 7% or so. Now, uh, growing under three percent, maybe uh, analysts are a little bit worried about what happens domestically over the next year. You mentioned the mobile, and I think that it's easy to look at uh, mobile ordering just in terms of the technology, and ju- and and that makes sense, particularly if you're if you've ever used any app to order anything. The user experience matters a great deal. But I think what's important to recognize in the case of Domino's is not just that they had that they created this great mobile ordering platform, but that they realized if this works, this is going to mean more business, this is going to mean greater throughput, and this means we got to be able to handle it in the kitchen. And so it's you know it's not just a matter of getting 
the mobile app experience right. It's a matter of making sure that you're prepared on the back end to fulfill an increase in orders. And that is that is something that, uh, not to pick on them, but that's something that Starbucks hasn't quite figured out yet. And they've called that out themselves in, in the last couple of quarters, that they're getting more mobile orders, and it's leading to sort of a a little bit of a mosh pit at the, when people go to pick up their stuff. Right, it's a great problem to have, but it's still an issue. But it's still a problem. It's still a problem, yeah, and it's something to to figure out. But looking at Domino's and McDonald's, I think it just reinforces the importance as an investor to be patient with these companies. There, I can think of a couple of restaurants right now that are going through tough times of their own. But when you have a proven operator, uh, generally strong leadership, or the potential for new leadership to step in, it doesn't take actually all that long for a concept to turn around. Like think of Panera in, in 2014. Yes. Not a whole lot of fans of, of Panera in the investing community a few years ago. But within three years after they invest, they, when they take a step back, they recognize there's a lot of stuff we can improve here, including that digital and online ordering experience. It only took you know two three years for the company to become a darling in the restaurant space and turn it around. So, with restaurants in particular, I think when you have a company with a proven brand, a proven record, and leadership that is either willing to change or the potential for new leadership to step in, in the case of McDonald's and uh, Domino's, I, I think as an investor, you, you it really pays to be patient with those kind of companies. You don't want to give up when you know they're they're still trying to figure things out. When you're ordering pizza, is there anything that you add on your own? Like, regardless of what the topping is, is there any sort of like, oh, I'm going to get a little, uh, and whatever I order, I'm going to add a little Parmesan cheese or a little fresh basil or anything like that on top? I'll sometimes add extra cheese when I'm just feeling that need for, for more <laughs> calcium, Chris. It's all about the calcium. <laughs> what about you? I'll go a little crushed red pepper just okay. to add a little bit of heat on there. But nice. uh, yeah, more cheese is always a good thing. Yeah, it's hard to go wrong with that. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.